The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. everybody, welcome to another episode of the Section 6 WrestleCast, your home for Section 6 Wrestling Talk right here on the BICBP Radio Network. My name is Matt Johnson, your host, and I am very, very excited for this episode. I've been wanting to do this since I first started the WrestleCast podcast all the way back, uh, well, just last year, but I am sitting here with my former head co- uh, wrestling coach, uh, Izzy Martinez. Izzy, how you doing? I'm doing great, Matt. Nice to be here. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Thanks for your time. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I see you're just finished up with cross-country practice for the day. How's the, uh, how's the team looking this year? The team is young, but uh, myself and uh, Coach Wagner, we run alongside them trying to keep these old bones in shape. But uh, <laughs> we're going to be fine. Good. Yeah. Very good. Um, you know, I, I liked how you pushed this on the wrestlers a lot when you were coaching the high school team and you actually you got me to do it which you know I still find pretty amazing myself but um you know it did go a long way I I did prefer I mean I did a year of football prior to doing this and I preferred how I felt at the beginning of the wrestling season with cross country versus what I did with football It, it went a long way and I know it did for a lot of wrestlers too Oh, sure. I, I still do the same thing. As a matter of fact, now that I'm not coaching wrestling, I still, I still talk to Coach Cole and Coach Egan very often. You know, yeah. being the section chairman, I'm still heavily involved in wrestling. So, I mean, you did, you did mention that you are the section six chairman. When did you take over that position? Oh, boy. I have been with the section you know, wrestling committee since 2004. Oh, wow. It was the year that the state qualifier was at UB. Okay. Is when I started. And, uh, heck, I'll be heading into, what, my 15th, 16th year as section chairman. Time flies. Uh, well, I bet. <laughs> Who'd you take over from? Um, I want to say that uh, sh- I believe John Hoover from Lupor okay. was an assistant for a year. That's um, back when the, the divisions were merged, too, correct? Um, the divisions were still... It was still large. I yes. I, I, I want to say we were still... Um, we had just split okay. into D1, D2. Because um, I, I, if I remember correctly, back in 2000, when I had Angela Ashker at the States, he was the last of the merged you know, qualifiers. And that was the last year for, for the solo state champion. Okay. Um, it's it's kind of hard to remember. It's all a blur. Oh, I'm sure. It's been a, it feels like forever ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My 10-year anniversary was just this past year, and I'm just like, where did the time go? <laughs> so and it can't make you feel very good. You were good. graduating in 09. 09, 09, yep. Lord, yeah, I don't great... remember 2009. <laughs> Weird times. <laughs> I don't remember um, last week. <laughs> what made you want to do to really go ahead in with this and, and, and participate as far as being a, a chairman goes? Because obviously, you continue, like you said, you continue to do it to this day, yeah. uh, post-coaching. What, what, what keeps you You know, I tell you what, it's one of those things that kind of fell into my lap. Uh, Tim Slade, who, gosh, I've known Tim since he wrestled in high school way back when because he and I were kind of contemporaries in high school. Right. I, I, of course, being much smaller than he, he was a heavyweight. But uh, I do remember Tim from way back when, and he was – he had, I believe he had just come on as the executive secretary of Section 6, and um, he was given my name. I'm not sure by whom, but they thought that I'd be a nice fit, seeing as I was the Niagara Frontier League 
chairman okay. uh, for wrestling, and I'd done that since God knows how long. I don't even know. <laughs> um, that goes back to my LaSalle years, I believe. Right. Um, and uh, Tim recommended, and I, you know, I thought about it. And Mike D. Barberry at the time was was you know the, the chairman. But when we split divisions, it became an awful lot of work for Mike. Right. So they figured, let's have somebody down south and somebody up north. And before too long, you know, Mike and I, you know, we started working together. And, and now it's pretty seamless for the both of us. He takes care of, you know, the major issues down in the southern tier. That's and I important. take care of anything, you know, up this way. Great. And uh, mostly large schools, too. I deal with large schools exclusively. Okay. Uh, tell, I mean, tell the, anybody who doesn't quite understand the position, what are your duties as a Section 6 chairman? Oh, goodness. Basically, we are charged with, first of all, making sure that um, all of our section and or state rules are being followed. I mean, the ADs do more than we do, like for their own school. But the thing with wrestling is we have so many rules. And it's very difficult for the coaches to keep up with all of these rules. Oh, I'm sure. So if a coach has a question during the season, I tell them, look, just email me, give me a call. And if I don't know the answer, I'll find out the answer for you. Right. Because I'll be honest, there are so many issues that we deal with in wrestling. That it's I evolving very quickly now, too. Yeah, it's evolving uh, very quickly now, too. Absolutely. It, it, it's almost as if these guys, and when I see these guys, I mean the coaches, they almost need their own administrative assistant <laughs> to coach wrestling anymore. Right. Because it's very, it, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that a coach has to track number of matches number of tournaments uh weight certifications this oh, yeah. and that and if you know and if a coach makes a simple clerical mistake that could cost a kid right so they have to be very careful and um you know that's where Mike and I try to do the best that we can to make sure that the coaches um are doing the right thing um and you know rarely do we have a situation where a coach is doing things knowingly you know it's typically like holy cow I didn't know that you know, that was a rule or that was the issue. Um, we've never had to really, uh, you know, censor a coach right. for doing something on purpose. You know, it's, it's usually just an honest mistake because most of the guys, I would say 99% of the guys are, are doing it for the right reasons, yeah. you know. Um, and I also, I, you know, we have to basically find sites for the class championships um, and that's becoming more difficult every year. Is it? We have to, and I'll explain why in a second. Yeah. We have to find sectional sites. Um, yeah, basically with the class sites, um, it, it's getting to the point where um, some of the divisions are, are, are too small, quite frankly. Right. For example, I think the AA division is, is a little bit too small to have a class. Yeah, tournament. it's just kind of been bleeding out the last couple of oh, years. Our, our population is dropping a lot in western New York, across New York State, basically. Yeah. Um, and as far as, you know, the state qualifier goes, we've had to host it at high schools the last few years because we can't find a venue that we can afford. Right. Um, the University of Buffalo has pretty much priced itself out. The last time we were there, um, you know, it was almost $20,000 for a single day. Oh, my God. And the last time we inquired, they wanted even more than that. You know, it's a, the cost is approaching, you know, like twenty five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. For a single-day event, yeah. and that is not something that I know this section can afford uh, because we just don't get enough, uh, you know, enough people in the seats to kind of offset the costs. Right. Now, we, have, we do have a group of coaches who have formed kind of like a, they run a tournament in June, the Nickel City Duels. Yes. And that's kind of a, a, like an offshoot a of the fundraiser. Coaches Association. Yeah. And, you know, they've managed to lure a lot of teams to make some money. 
But, you know, it, 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 it'd be hard for us to say, guys, you know, give me $5,000 so that we can have a tournament here. Yeah. I don't think it's really fair to ask them to do that. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see how that turns out. Some of them kind of want to do it. Uh, some of them don't, so we'll see where it ends up. You know, maybe we can find a venue that we can call home down the line. We've looked at Buff State, um, and Buff State is more reasonable in terms of cost. However, it's only available on a Sunday. Oh, wow. And, you know, to run a state qualifier on a Sunday is, is not a good thing for a lot of teams. Um, and also, especially that time of the year, too, it puts, it puts you back against the wall. If you have a weather cancellation on a Sunday, you can't correct it. But whereas oh, yeah. if you have it, and we, there was obviously some weather issues last year sure, with, sure. with the team tournaments. Yes. Um, you were saying the state population is, is going down quite a bit. Oh, yeah. uh, and for many years, even as far back as my senior year, uh, mm-hmm. 90, the 99-pound weight class was rumored to be going away. Is that changing anytime soon? Um, the 99-pound class is going to stick around for a while. Okay. Um, the last meeting, the uh, by, by the the state executive committee, if you will, they kind of shot down the plan to have 99 become an optional weight class. Okay. Kind of like 91 was way back when. Right. Um, Optional as in what, like team scoring? Optional for team scoring, okay. but still around for tournaments and for the states and that kind of thing. Okay. So as it stands right now, 99 is not going anywhere. Okay. Not not in the next few years. That's good news. I'd, I'd, hate to, for I'd hate to see a weight class disappear for yeah, that reason. Yeah, it's kind of hard to convince people, you know, uh, that, um, you know, addition via subtraction is going to help the sport. Right. You know, um, I, I there's a lot of ideas that have been thrown around. You know, like maybe only contesting 12 weight classes in duels, that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, as, as a member of the state wrestling committee, we're going to have to kind of look at that again. And, and oh, I'm sure it's going to be a you know, discussion every, every season going into it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I can, you know, being on the state committee since '04, I have seen the state numbers dropping every single year. Uh, back when I started as chairman way back then, you know, back in '04 range, we had 29 large schools in Section 6. Yeah. What would – those schools would be considered uh, large school if they had over 600 kids. We are down to basically 20 large schools now. You know, we're talking 15 years later. Um, our small school programs are dwindling. We have a lot of mergers. Yeah. We, we had basically 21 programs merged last year into nine programs. Wow. So uh, – and that's – you know, it, it doesn't bode well for, no, for, for athletics sport. anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you see eight-man football teams now. I was going to say, is that, is that a, a problem with all sports, or is it just is wrestling the primary, like... I, I think it hits wrestling a little more um, because of the nature of wrestling. You mm-hmm. know, you need 15 kids and 15 weight classes, and it's hard to find, you know, 15 kids of all shapes and sizes in small school settings. I, I see a lot of large schools that can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, I have noticed that quite a you bit know, lately. I mean, it is a demanding sport. Today's kids are changing. A lot of kids want to spend more time inside, you know, wired, doing, you know, their games and whatnot. Life is changing quickly. Yes, it is. You know? So. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, new technology brings, like, new problems, I guess. Sure. New issues for the kids. Are there any drastic rule changes that anybody should know about heading into this 2019-2020 season? Not really. Um, one thing that we have looked at um, – you know, as, as far as the National Federation goes of high school rules, is they're, they're trying to bring high school wrestling more in line with college wrestling as far as the out-of-bounds rules go. Oh, yes. Okay. okay. So, I mean, right now it, it, it's gotten better this year with now, you know, the single f- 
foot in, shred a control thing in bounds, keep it rolling. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's getting better. Um, but as of major rule changes, no. I mean, what we were looking at as far as, you know, reducing the number of weight classes, contested in duels, that isn't going to kick in anytime soon either as far as, in, in my opinion. Okay. You know. All right. Very Wrestling good. is pretty much status quo as far yeah. as major rules go. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very good. Um, I wanted to kind of talk about your history a little bit around the sport. Uh, starting back to your high school days, you oh, know, yeah. where, <laughs> where did you wrestle for? Oh, well, I started back in... Elementary school, Medina. Okay. Good old Oak Orchard Elementary School. Uh, way back when, um, you know, that's when they introduced wrestling in the elementary schools to kids. It was part of our phys ed curriculum. So I, I remember, I you know, yeah. I remember in like, you know, first or second grade doing wrestling units in phys ed class. You know, before too long, my dad was driving me off to tournaments down in southern tier PA all over the place. Um, then I started as a seventh grader, I wrestled varsity for Medina way back when, and it's kind of funny, I'll throw in a quick anecdote, um, quick story for you. This past summer, I played in a golf tournament in Syracuse. Okay. And it was with a couple of the state committee guys, there were state committee people from baseball, from football. Well, I was fortunate enough to play with the, uh, state football chairman, okay, um, a Mr. Vanderzee was his name, Jerry Vanderzee. He is from uh, Section 2. Okay. He's the football chairman for the state, but he's a Section 2 guy. So he, myself, and Marty Sherman played in a tournament. And, you know, when I first met Jerry Vanderzee, I kind of looked at him and I'm like, you look really familiar. <laughs> then I asked him, I go, you know, my first wrestling coach in Medina was a guy named Randy Vanderzee. <laughs> I go, you wouldn't happen to know him, would you? And he goes, that's my brother. Oh, no so, kidding. So, you know, here, I'm not kidding. So we're talking, you know, 45 years later. Um, and the guy was my social studies teacher also, a Randy Vanderzee out Medina. Wow, what and a small I go, world. Oh, it's a crazy small world. So, <laughs> so I just met, you know, uh, Jerry this summer. And I go, you know, I asked him, I go, is, is, you know, is, is, is Coach Vanderzee still around? Is your brother still on? Yeah, he goes, he lives out in Trumansburg. He's retired. And then he threw a little bone. He goes, he goes, yeah, he goes to the state wrestling meet every year. I'm like, are you oh, kidding God. me? Go, I've been to the state wrestling meet every year since like 1995. And, you know, the guy sits up in the bleachers every year. And it's funny how we never cross paths. Yeah. So you usually see I see everybody. everybody. Yes. You know, yes. But, but once again, they kind of don't leave the bleachers. So next year I'm going to make it a point. And I told Jerry, I said, look, I got to make sure I see you coach. You know, but but funny thing is, Coach didn't realize that I was the Section 6 wrestling chairman. You know, because we're talking. He only coached wrestling for a couple of years while he was in Medina. He right. only taught Medina for a handful of years before he got into the um, – uh, his brother told me he got into the, uh, the, the correction system. So he ended up working as a corrections officer and left, you know, left teaching shortly after I had transferred from Medina to Lockport. So then when I moved to Lockport, that's when I started wrestling for Coach Seidel. Okay. Um, and, you know, Coach Seidel was a gentleman. And it was one of those things where I was really lucky because when you transfer from a small school to a large school, it's, hard. it's a whole different world. I mean, my graduating class in Medina would have been 150 kids. Right. When I got to Lockport, there were 150 kids in, in just one hallway, you know, oh one, one set of classrooms. <laughs> uh, I had almost 450, I think we had 452 kids in my graduating class from Lockport. Wow. So it was massive compared to where I had come from. But that summer that I transferred, my sophomore year, I was contacted by two coaches from Lockport. Pat Seidel, the wrestling coach, 
and Ron Main, the cross-country coach, because they, they knew that I was a runner, and my cross-country coach from Medina called cross-country coach at Lockport, my wrestling coach from Medina called Coach Seidel from Lockport. So it was kind of seamless for me. I got lucky. I was oh, good. I, I got to wrestle um, at the Empire State Games that first summer that I left Medina. Um, I hung out with Coach Seidel. He was an old Brockport wrestler. Okay. So we actually tended, camped out in Coach Murray's backyard. Oh, really? Summer. Yes, we did. <laughs> so, um, so that's how I kind of hooked up with the Lockport boys. And uh, Coach Seidel and Coach McAvoy Lockport were great. You know, they took me in as, as one of their own um, before too long. I think after my first year, they named me captain. So I was able to, to be team captain my last two years awesome. there. And it was a lot of fun, you know. Um, had, had some pretty good success. Now, back then when I wrestled um, in high school, it was only one division. So it was kind of a meat grind. Uh, there were no wrestlebacks in sectionals. Oh, really? Uh, people don't realize this. Oh, was no, it semis it, it and was, that was it? Or? It was basically, if you got to the semis, you got to wrestle back. Okay. If you didn't. Sayonara, you were, you know, you were toast. And, you know, I remember one year, um, I think we might have been in the second round, maybe the quarterfinals, I lost to a shufflet from Sweet Home, oh, who was really? no slouch. Um, and then uh, if, if one year I lost to um, Waddington, who was two-time state champ from Section 6. Um, and the crazy thing is my senior year, I did beat the Section 5 champion, um, but I was never able to go to states because I couldn't get out of my own section because <laughs> no wild card rule back the then guys, either. But there were yeah, no wrestlebacks. Yeah. And, and you know those guys were just too good. I, right. I couldn't beat those guys. Um, and you know the summer after my graduating year at Lockport, I went to the Empire State Games again. Uh, blew my shoulder out, uh, and I blew it two more times before. Are you <laughs> so my, my so my my uh, wrestling days were pretty much finished. Wow. My freshman year at UB, and I was done. So, um, but that's fine because, you know, things like that happen for a reason. I always kind of look back they and do. I say, you know what, if, if had I wrestled in college, I probably wouldn't have graduated on time, probably wouldn't have got started coaching, coaching wrestling right. that first year. I mean, I was 22 years when I started coaching in high school. Right. Uh, you know, and here I am finishing my 30th year teaching, entering my 31st year. <laughs> you know, I'm already, God, I've been coaching what I call grand students or teaching grand <laughs> students. Basically, you know, kids whose parents I taught and coached when I first started. Right. So, I, I mean, I remember that first year coaching wrestling at LaSalle. You know, I coached kids that were basically four years younger than me. Which you has got to be pretty wild. It yeah. Was, it was it was interesting, um, but and you, you were know, the, you, you came right in as head coach, correct? Oh yeah, I did not. Um, I didn't. Uh, you know, really have much time to learn. I was you got basically right into the fire. Yeah, thrown right, right into the fire. But I was lucky because I I, I I I did have some good assistance. Okay. You know, through the years, um, a guy named Willie Moore, who's an All American from Rentrip. Yeah, Willie yeah, and yeah. I coached together for oh, a few years. I didn't know years. that. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Was Bill with you back then too? Um, Mac came along shortly thereafter. Okay. Coach McNamara was with us. Um, Mac was an old wrestler for uh, Ace Catchator at Wheatfield. Okay. A lot of people don't know that about I did not Bill know McNamara. That. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I had a guy named Kevin Boss, uh, who was an old Ithaca wrestler. He was an All-American at Ithaca. And, you know, Kevin and I had some good times at LaSalle. He was, he was a wild man. I had to, uh, there were times where I had to um, kind of keep him strapped into his seat, so to speak. <laughs> Very excitable. We, we, we had some, yeah, we had some, some good times together as coaches. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, way back when at LaSalle, my God, I remember watching them as a Lockport wrestler, 
and you know, and and not to say anything bad about the LaSalle programs, but they weren't very good. No, I, I, I've heard uh, some know, stuff too. They were very good. I remember my senior year at Lockport, LaSalle visited us, um, and I'm not kidding. Between the weigh-ins and the match, it was about 30 minutes long. Really? Um, I think the weigh-ins took longer than the was it match itself. Low rosters, or just because the, the um, talent? It or? was the talent level was really bad. You know, the, the kids didn't didn't have a lot of wrestling. You know, experience. I did hear that because because Coach White, Ken White, did say that. You know, he made a comment. He goes, "Yeah, I didn't know these tournaments existed until I started coaching because they never true. went to them." This is true. Yeah, yeah. the LaSalle kids were, were kind of um, they, they didn't get to go to much. Yeah. Um, you know, and and. I remember, you know, we our matches would last all of 30 seconds. Um, so one thing I kind of wanted to do when I first started coaching at LaSalle is I wanted to get them out of that that mindset. Stigma. Yeah, so stigma, yeah. you know, of, of, of being soft and that kind of thing. So I focused a lot of my attention on the younger kids. Right. And, you know, so we developed a strong JV program. Before too long, you know, we were two, three years in, um, you know, locking horns with Wheatfield, right? Where we were going toe to toe with them. So it took us about three, four years to bring those young kids up, and you know, we, we were fortunate enough to get uh, Dan and Dave Dixon in. Uh, you know, the family members of of the, the the late great Bill Dixon Senior, who was a great coach at Wheatfield. Yeah, and Bill Senior was really good to me. Good. Um, you know, he and I got got along very well, and um, he he really gave me free reign on how to coach his kids, which was really nice. He That's there was important. no interference whatsoever. So that's an issue a lot I, nowadays. Oh, it is, and, and I felt no pressure whatsoever. You know, he basically said, "Let him roll around," and you know, those two boys went at it. Yeah, <laughs> they oh, I went believe at it. it in practice, um, and you know, they were kind of the anchor of our team back then. And I even coached their older brother Bradley. Okay, and Bradley was with us for a year. Um, and you know we had a nice team. We put together a you nice. You did. Team I know you. Ref- boys you reference Vic Favero a lot too. Oh yeah, yeah. What, Vic, he was a Vic, stud. Vic was one of my. He'll f- probably be listening to this episode too. Yeah, we, <laughs> it's funny because Vic was one of the kids who started on that, that JV program of ours. Right. And we wanted to make sure these young kids knew what it was to win. So as these young kids like Victor Favero and another guy named Ricky Kapart and Kenny Polakovich and all these kids started growing as as young wrestlers in our JV program, before too long, those kids were just smashing people at the varsity level. And, you know, about the time we closed LaSalle High School, you know, we were basically bookending, you know, a, a, like 19 dual match wins in a row. You know, at the beginning of that would be a loss to Wheatfield, and at the end of that would be a loss to Wheatfield. Right. So we were close to them. And then, you know, and then we finally, when we merged at the new building, you know, we finally got over that hump and, and beat Wheatfield, you know, a few years in a row. We were like perennial champs for, you know, four or five years in a row. We, 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 we got a couple sectional class championship titles there. Uh, we got several kids to the States, had several kids place at States. So it was, it, it was the beginning of, of a good run for us that basically ended for me when I gave it up in 2011. 2012 that year right you know and that was our that year we also won the class that's right you did you know and finished with an urban buck being second in the state yeah which is awesome so you know it was a it was it was a good wrestling career for me as far as coaching goes and uh met a lot of young kids who are now you know men and i got to watch them grow up absolutely just like yourself you were you were a gangly (laughs) you know seventh grader when you first stepped into the room i remember you you could barely walk across the mat without (laughs) tripping on the lines you know, before I, too long, I still have that problem. You know, <laughs> you know, still have that problem a little yeah, bit. You know, before too long, your footwork became really great, and then you became an all-state wrestler. Yeah, you know, so it, was, it was nice. Not so bad. Not so bad. I did want to ask you really quick. Um, mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, that transition period uh, when LaSalle and Niagara Falls merged. Mm-hmm. I'm always very interested in that because, I mean, originally my dad intended for me to go to LaSalle High School, and I just like the his- whole history of it. What was it like when the schools merged? How were the kids? How was, was it weird? I'll tell you what. Um, it's funny because I think most of the noise that we heard back then merging the schools came mostly from the parents, believe oh, really? it or not. Um, because a lot of the kids, and, and from my own personal perspective, as far as wrestling went, our merger was seamless. Yeah. Um, the kids from the old Niagara Falls High School that merged with the kids from LaSalle High School, I tell you, what, we formed a team quickly. And they bonded quickly because a lot of the kids already knew each other. Right. A lot of them wrestled together in the kids' club and that kind of thing. So for us, it was more, more or less... You know, some kids did lose varsity spots who were varsity wrestlers, but they learned to fight and fight hard to try to regain that spot, so which made us you, better as a team. Yeah, give you a deeper lineup. But yeah. I, I, tend, I really didn't feel much animosity amongst the kids. It was pretty nice. That's good. Um, the merger worked well for us. Um, I can't speak for other sports because I, you know, I, the only sports I coached were track and cross country, and I didn't see an issue back then with those two either. You know, it might have been more difficult for like your baseball and football type sports, where sometimes, you know, politicking can have a, a, a more of a, of a say in terms of who starts and who doesn't start. In wrestling, it's pretty easy. Yeah, you beat the kid, you start. You know. Yeah, it's, there, you're right. There is no politics when so it comes it to that. So it's kind of nice. Um, and and I tell you what, some of the moms and dads from the old Niagara Falls High School became really strong boosters for our program. Okay, I remember uh, um, Mr. and Mrs. Klinger, for example, whose son Rob, Rob was a yeah. strong wrestler. Um, and she was a fantastic booster of ours and she became, you know, v- very close with, with the coaching staff. And I tell you what, that lady was phenomenal. She was a, a, a strong booster of both sides and all she wanted to see was the kids do well. That's so important. And it was nice. It was nice. I, you know, so we had some really good parents, Mrs. Fricasi from the old Niagara Falls high school. Nick, Nick Fricasi was a wrestler, yes, right? Nick Fricasi okay. was one of the wrestlers. Um, she was a strong supporter of the program. Uh, you know, uh, Mrs. Williams, her son, Patrick Williams, um, she was phenomenal work, you know, working well with us. And, and, you know, and then we had the parents from the LaSalle side, you know, like, like Jared Whalen's dad was a strong supporter of us, et cetera. You know, the list goes on and on. Mr. Ashker yeah. um, from, from the LaSalle side. So it was nice that the parents got together and um, they would travel with us. That's they so would cool. travel with us everywhere. We would go to Webster. We'd go to Elmira. You know, we'd go out to... to um, out to the old Valley Central tournament, which became the Eastern States tournament. Right. You know, we were going back to Valley Central. You guys won that in 03, 04, I think, yeah, right? We yeah, we had a strong team. Uh, we, we took some studs out there. We didn't win the, the tournament, but okay. our kids placed highly. We, um, I want to say our, our team placed second or third. I, I believe we lost to, like, Wontog from Long Island. Yeah. And maybe, I, I can't remember, another team from Long Island who finished just in front of us. But I remember going out to, you know, the Eastern States tournament way back when. It was a proud moment for our program because our kids were – our kids won an officials award for sportsmanship. And, and that was kind of nice because those teams didn't know us. The officials didn't know our kids, you know, and our kids went out there. They performed highly. We had two champs that year at the Eastern States. Strange and Egan? Four. Nick Strange won it at 215, and Josh Egan won it at 145. We had a bunch of kids who placed. Yeah. Uh, I want to say we had – seven or eight kids who placed at that tournament. Um, and it was uh, it was a good time. And it was really a proud moment for us when the officials 
from the other side of the state recognized our kids as as as, as showing heart and sportsmanship and you know win or lose our kids were were very um were very tough they would they would look their opponent in the eye and tell them good match win or lose and it was nice and the officials recognized that and that plaque that's important you know is is is, is still prominently displayed in high yeah. school it's something that we're really proud of as a coach you, know? you kind of want to see the that best of both both worlds kind of thing that good people and, and good athletes as well oh yeah um yeah. When it came time for you to, to stop coaching, I know mm-hmm. there were some external issues. Sure. Um, were you ready to fully wrap it, uh, wrap it up? You know what? Um, it, it was kind of like the perfect storm for us, or for me personally, in, in terms of uh, um, the time to hang it up. I, when I, when I, I always pushed for our own practice facility because I thought that we were shortchanged oh, as far as our sure. program. I mean, we had 70 kids in the room. Yet, you know, practicing the auxiliary gym was tough for us. And I know we weren't the only school in this situation in the area, but, you know, when, when, when you have a program that did as much for the school that our kids did in terms of wrestling, when I say our kids, I mean, our kids uh, represented our school really well. Very well. You know, whether, whether it was being a good citizen or being a good wrestler. We did Academics, both. too. Academically, we held the kids to, you know, we held their feet to the fire. Yeah. You know, I remember holding kids out of, out of class sectionals because they were skipping art class or something yeah. like that. I you remember know? one, you just like, get out. Get out of the room. Yeah, you're, exactly. You're you know, said, and yeah. That's how it's got to be. You know, you had to set some boundaries, yeah. you know, because it was the only way that we were going to, you know, maintain a, a, a high level of, of of academics and being good students and being good citizens. Uh, in any event, um, we had a situation where our practice facility wasn't perfect for us. We would spend more time setting up and breaking down, you know, than most teams would because of the number of mats we had to put down. Yeah, our practices were only like an hour, 20, our hour, 30 minutes. practices were really short, and yeah. we had to leave early because other teams were assigned to use the gym after us, whether yeah. it was girls basketball or cheerleading or whatever. So I wasn't crazy about that. Yeah. So I really pushed for, you know, for our separate facility, and I knew it was coming. I knew the, the, the field house was coming because I was on the uh, athletic committee, you know, the athletic council, that got to, you know, make some decisions in terms of what was going to be built back here. Um, but, you know, the more I looked at my career, I thought that I'd done a lot. I thought the kids had done a lot. You did. And my daughters were starting to get of the age where I wanted to see my daughters do their athletics. You know, my girls were doing gymnastics at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure that I didn't miss out on yeah, watching them grow way up. Because, more important. You know, my line is I had coached everybody else's kids for so long. Now it's time to see my own. And, and now, you know, um, I've been uh, lucky enough to coach them in track at Grand Island. Good. Uh, my oldest is a sophomore now, so she'll be gotten in a couple years. Oh, man. So it, it's been nice, you know. Um, and I, I tell you what, I don't. I don't miss the Monday to Saturday grind of coaching. That's a long four months, four or oh, five months. Oh, it was brutal. <laughs> it was brutal. I remember my wife would always tell me when practice started in November, she would say, I'll see you in March. Oh. Because she knew that I, for me, it, was, it wasn't just a part-time job. Yeah, it was, you know, it was I, everything. I would, it was your world, too, essentially. It was, it was, um, it was my world. It was world. lifestyle. It was lifestyle. my lifestyle. Um, and I tried to show the kids that, look, um, you know, to be good at this game, this isn't just a four-month gig. You have to, you know, keep going in other, you know, whether it was track in the spring or baseball in the spring. I wanted the kids to keep doing something. Yes. Um, and then the summer, I would do my summer camp here as part of, you know, the Niagara Falls School, school District summer camp program. So a lot of the kids would do that. 
Um, As Coach Venturco would say, uh, I don't want you sitting around watching your thumb get fat. This is true. <laughs> this is true. I wanted, I wanted our wrestlers to be athletes. Yeah. And to be a, a better wrestler, in my opinion, you want to be a good athlete. You want to be a well-rounded athlete. You, yeah. know, you want to play baseball. You want to run track. You want to play football. And if you're not doing football, you're running cross country. That's right. You know, so so it worked out well for us. And and you know, here I am. Years later, I'm still involved in wrestling. So, um, you know, I do miss sitting in that chair on on, on Wednesday nights. Oh, I'm sure. Um, or in Saturday tournaments, you know, I miss that that basically, you know, that 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 comp, that comp, the, the competitive spirit that you know you get to. Uh, you get to call upon when you're yelling at the wrestlers and, you know, most of the time they can't hear what you say anyhow, but, but it's fun sitting in the corner. <laughs> it was fun. Last question. Yes. Um, was there a, any coaches that you really enjoyed competing against? Maybe ones that challenged you a little bit? Oh, yeah. Um, in the NFL, um, the early years, of course, when I, when I started coaching at LaSalle, I always looked up to Bill Dixon because he was always really good at manipulating his lineups and, you know, moving kids here and there. And I learned a lot from watching him. I learned a lot from watching Rick Sweeney when he coached at the old Niagara Falls High because Coach, Coach Sweeney did the same thing. Right. He was good at manipulating a lineup. Um, and when I took over the program at the new school, uh, one of the things that I always hang my hat on as a coach is uh, – uh, Coach Dennis Beck from Lancaster used to run what were called the Section 6 duels. And basically, Coach Beck would invite what he saw as the strongest small school teams and large school teams in western New York to knock heads at the Lancaster Fieldhouse. Yeah. And I remember in, in one day, um, you know, we faced Coach Beck with his stud team. and We beat him. We beat the Lancaster team. We beat Coach Margison from Iroquois, who's a legend yeah. in his own right of coaching. We beat Coach uh, Brunner from Pioneer, who's another one of our legends yeah. in Section 6. Um, and we also beat Coach Thurnow from Southwestern, Walt, Great program. who was a, a legendary coach from the Southern Tier, from, you know, one of the best of all time in New York State. Yeah. And in one day... Um, you know, we locked horns with all four of those guys, and we beat all four of those guys, you know, representing the Niagara Falls Wolverines. And I'll tell you what, that is my single, you know, most proud moment as a coach in terms of, you know, knocking off basically four legends of the game um, in wrestling. And that was uh, something that I will never forget. Absolutely. You know? That's a good memory to hang your head oh, on. Oh, heck yeah. Um, all right, Is I, I wanted to thank you very much you know, for your time. And, well, just – I mean, first, just thank you for the life experiences of, of being coached by you. You know, you did get to watch me turn it, you know, go from a tiny, a, a fat meatball. And <laughs> I was actually eighth grade. And then, yeah, you know, yeah. be, actually be cut, do something with my life. And, you know, you kind of turned, taught me that, that it's, it's okay to have fun sure. occasionally. Yeah. Or, but it, you got to know when it's time to take things seriously. Yeah. And so. you know, that's, that's, that's kind of the message we sent the kids. I mean, there's nothing easy about wrestling. There's no. nothing easy about life. Um, and, and if you can take something from the sport, it's that you're going to hit a brick wall every now and then and how you react after hitting that brick wall is going to determine how well, you know, it, it won't necessarily determine it, but it goes a long way in helping you deal with those ups and downs, you know, in the working world, um, yeah. you know, in your life, etc. So, um, that's something that me and all the coaches that I worked with, you know, I, I can't say I did it all because, you know, 
anyone who knows anything about the sport of wrestling, if you don't have a good staff around you, your program is not going to be good. Right. And I was always fortunate to have some really good assistant coaches, you know, such as the Willie Moores, the Kevin Bosses, the Bill McNamara's. You know, I coached with Coach Sweeney for a few years before he went back, you know, to, to what, before he went off to Wheatfield. Yeah. Um, you know, Josh Egan, who was one of my former wrestlers, got to coach with me. Danny Materko, Kenny White. Uh, Kenny White was a, a longtime uh, assistant of mine for 17-plus years. So, um, you know, those guys, and, and if I miss a few, I apologize, that those guys were basically the, the, the foundation of the program. They basically bought into what we were trying to do and, and helped me sell it to the kids. Right. You know. Absolutely. All right. Um, I think that does it for this one. Is if, if you ever want to come back on, you're more than welcome. I'd love to talk some more with you if Absolutely. you're ever interested. But, um, yeah, th- there you have it, every listeners. Uh, we'll be back next week. I'm trying to get my old practice partner, Kenny Hamilton, on the show. So we're going to see how that pans out. But thank you so much for your support. And uh, on behalf of Coach Iz and I, thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.